Welcome to the Nightly Rant with your hosts, Mike and Toria. This is the show where we examine society from a sarcastic point of view. If you like insane conversations, this is definitely the show for you. Let's get into today's topic. YPN people, I don't know about you, but I love helping out a friend. That's why I want to shout out my friend Brian Little and his podcast, Your Favorite Blockhead. This is the only show that manages to weave together peanuts and MMA into one heck of an amazing podcast. You can find your favorite blockhead wherever your favorite podcasts reside and at yourfavoriteblockhead.com. Do me a huge favor and listen to Brian's show. You'll be entertained and you'll help out a friend. Now, as I said, let's get into today's topic. So what happened today? We moved into our new office. I thought we moved into our office on Saturday. Oh, we actually started working in our office today. Ah. And consider that why it was so hot. We moved a wagon load in on Saturday and a wagon load in today. You could honestly argue we actually moved in today. It was too hot. It was way too hot. I didn't like that. It was way too hot. Huh. I think the environment is different. That's for sure. It's kind of super businessy. Yeah. It's sort of a trip. And I'm a fan, but I feel like I can't wear my tank tops and messy hair and whatever like I usually do while there because it's kind of uncomfortable and people give you weird looks. Well, yeah, yeah, I should probably, you know, like Wednesday night, not Wednesday night, um, Thursday night when we go to that thing, it's business casual. Great. Or you could just not go. That'd be okay, too. Do I own anything that's business casual? Anyway. That was an actual question. I don't know what you own. You're in charge of your closet, not me. I don't even know what I have, let alone what you have. <laughs> that's that's a serious comment right there. That wasn't a joke. You're a lunatic. But I noticed something. Did you know? In your pursuit to get the pretty girl to use the cat tree, you connected some dots <laughs> for me that, you know, we look at the yog dog. And the yog dog, when you bring in a new foster dog, it doesn't matter how many in a row you bring. It doesn't matter how many at one time you bring. He gets all butthurt. He goes through the same pattern. He gets all butthurt. Then generally after about a day, he realizes, all right, they still love me. And then it takes him Only probably. a day? Yeah. Then it takes him probably about a week to start to accept the other dog. But only, this is the bad part about him, only the things he wants to accept he's not like me like me if i accept you i accept you and when i don't accept you i don't accept you i don't like go oh i like these five things about you but not these three that's stupid he doesn't he accept does. them he tolerates them he does Tolerate. he has his rules with a capital t but even him the most stubborn jackass of a dog yes i called you a jackass mr ceo you jerk anyway there goes yogi just prancing away Next thing he's going to pound on his water bowl because he's pissed. Yeah, making me pissed. Anyway, but then your actions trying to get the cats to use the cat tree because seriously, the only one using the damn cat tree is Parker. He's in heaven. He never leaves. He loves that thing. Well, Olive was scratching it earlier. Cats are stubborn. They yeah, like they're things cats. a certain way. And if you change it, eventually they might kind of sort of adapt. But not without kicking and screaming the whole entire way. Yeah. Like take the beans, for example. I was tired of his bed being on the floor in the living room. 
So I picked his big old stanky ass bed up and I put it near recliner. 30 seconds later, Beans was sleeping on his bed on the recliner. Right. And he's just down with that. He's like, all right. Yeah. Moving my shit around. Whatever. I don't care. But the pretty girl, sweet Jesus. I even put, I put one bed on the top of the cat house. I put the other bed in the bottom of the cat tree. I put her in the freaking box. I, she bled my finger, bled my finger. I know I was there. It's just cats and dogs are so desperately different in that one aspect for sure. There's a lot of ways they're different, but they are drastically different when it comes to accepting change. And even, even Parker, who's like, you know, he's loving it. He's still a little freaked out by change. I find that really an interesting aspect of a cat. Yeah. Cats are, even in this house, the special dog is at it. (laughs) Anyway, in this house, right Uh here, we have one cat that's kind of slow. We won't tell you which cat it is. And the slowest cat. You have to listen to previous episodes. The slowest cat is still at least as intelligent as the most intelligent dog. He He was funny. So when we got home and I was in the bathroom, he was like doing his... I'm going to rub between your feet kind of thing because he's weird. Yeah. And so I was holding my hand like above his head and then he would like leap nudge my hand and then I would pet down his yeah. back and then I put my hand there again and he would do it again. I would scratch on his back. Then he got pissed off at that game and he jumped into the bathtub and he was like, Brrrr! and it was like the weirdest <laughs> Parker meow in the entire world. <laughs> and then I assaulted his belly and then he bit me like six times. <laughs> That's how that went. He was in a mood, huh? He was in a mood. A real, real mood. I don't know what he wanted, but... That's funny. But about as smart as Yogi. Yeah. And Yogi's pretty damn smart for a dog. A dumb cat is the same intelligence as a smart dog. (laughs) Yeah. And he's not really dumb. He's just a little slow. He's just simple. It's kind of like him. He's a simpleton of dogs. Yeah. And I love that about him, actually. It's one of the things I love about him. It's what I love about Parker. He's right now trying to decide, does he get up on the chair? Or not. But let me ask you, though. Let's get back to the topic at hand. So you agree with me about the least intelligent cat and the most intelligent dog basically being on the same level. Essentially. Yeah. I mean, there's differences, but yeah. Okay. That's interesting because... I'd say their problem-solving skills are the same. Yeah. I agree. I agree. That's kind of... (laughs) It's kind of unfortunate for us dog lovers because... You know, you cat people get to like lord it over us at my cat's my, my my even my dumbest cat is smarter than your dog. Yeah, but hyper smart cats are like Olive and they spend like zero zero time being loyal to you or giving a shit that you exist. Yeah, they're 100% logic. 100% logic, like 0% emotion. They are basically the definition of a cyborg. 90% Olive, of the time. Olive is a cyborg. Just like the pretty girl, 90% of the time. Pretty girl's never a cyborg. Yeah. Not to me. 90% of the time, she couldn't give two shits who's around her. She's a very smart cat. But that 10% of the time. She's a very smart cat, like Olive. That's what I said. But Olive's a cyborg. You're a cyborg. She is a cyborg cat. Just because she doesn't like you. She doesn't like anybody. She loves her mama. She doesn't love you. Yes, she does. No, she doesn't. She ignores you just as hard as she ignores everybody else. And then she has her moments where she'll pay attention. And yes, she probably pays attention to you like if one was the standard, you're like 1.10. So you get like 10% extra attention. That's it though. 10%. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. If you say so. Nothing. You know what I think is funny? When the Beans does not sleep in our room, he um, or she 
sleeps on my hip almost the entire night every time. Yeah. And when she doesn't sleep on my hip, she sleeps on your feet. Yeah. On. Not next to. Yeah, she claims you. On. She does that, though. She claims you. Yeah. She's like, I've chosen to like you today. Don't move or I'll eat your toes off. Yeah. And and she's very logical even about that. Yeah. But I just think cat logic is very interesting because they're very conniving. Everything is very sneaky. Because they're smart. But why do smart people have to be sneaky? Well, maybe she's only sneaky because you don't speak cat. Perhaps. Because I see their tricks. I mean, I know exactly what they're up to. I've been trying to figure out what it is, right? And I know what it is. We added that shelf right there. Uh-huh. So what they want to do is they want to explore up on top of the area between the kitchen and the living room. They want to explore have. up there. Well, I know, but they that's why they're jumping up there all of a sudden. Uh-huh. They didn't put it together before that they could have like jumped on top of the printer and then jumped up there. Well, of course. They didn't put that together before, but now all of a sudden they put it together. So it's like, oh, let's go check it out because e- all three of them have done it. I know. It's really weird that this one's done it, though. Pretty girl. Yeah, because she doesn't usually do cat stuff like that. She's been extra explorer lately. Yeah. Because we took away her table, so she's been forced to be friendly. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. She can't be a hermit. Currently, she's forcing me to pet her. You know, it's funny, but it's one of those things you have to watch with that cat, is you can't let her get into, like, a, a habit. Well, that's why I drug her out from under the behind the chair earlier, because I hadn't seen her in a while. Yeah. You just have to get her out and about. She's a sweetheart when she's out and about, though. But then, you know, then you switch to the dog side of things. You got Yogi, who is like, he's really smart. He steals food and hides it so that he can have it later. I mean, like, he's so smart and he figures things out really quickly. And maybe he's smarter than Parker. When he wants to tell you that he's hungry, if you don't pay attention, you get the weirdest, like, whine at you. He, like, comes up on you and he's like, yeah it's the weirdest 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 grumpy whine he hadn't gotten to that phase earlier but he was doing his whole booping my feet thing yeah that's his other thing that he does but then you got the beans right the beans is like if you have food he doesn't understand why you're not giving him food and he looks at you like why why aren't you giving me food what's your problem why aren't you giving me food i'm the beans you're supposed to give me food. And then he looks at you and he's all cute. Then you give him some. And he kind of, he acts real coy. And then if you don't give him any, he gets closer to you. <laughs> and then he does it all over again. He does it all over again. So what I do with him is I, I, I first time was a charm. He snuck through and tried to snap it out of my hand. Okay. Because I had my guard down a little bit. But after <laughs> that, once he would scoot in, I'd scoot him back further than he started. Yeah. Speaking of your cat. And the bean's dog, she's taunting him. You know why? She's walking by you know with her why, tail though? straight up in the but air. But do you know why? She wants him to chase her. Yeah, but do you know what happened? No. She papowed him. Like, he <laughs> squealed. He squealed. Aww. You were showering. And he got, he chased her. And she held her ground and just went smack. And he was like, Argh! Did you kick his ass, pretty girl? So I don't think he's really interested in getting his butt kicked a second time. But... The dogs are just funny. Like, like Beans is so simple. He, he just wants food and attention and sleep. I was trying to interview your cat, but she wasn't. Uh, she, wasn't. she doesn't talk. In case you haven't figured that out yet. She wouldn't even mouth for me. But, but Beans, you know, that's what he wants. Food 
attention, and sleep. That's it. That's what makes beans tick. Yes. And that makes him a real play. That actually makes him that actually makes him a really easy dog to take care of. Well, you notice dinner time rolls around, beans doesn't change. No. Like it could be nine thirty, beans could have not eaten yet, and beans would still just be laying on the couch if that was what he wanted to do. Yeah. Unlike Yeah. Mr. Yogi, who like would be up your butt if you hadn't fed him by then. I don't know if that's because beans is too simple to know what time it is or what. Maybe he just doesn't pay attention to signals that his body gives him that, hey, I'm supposed to eat. Well, he might not. I mean, he was starved when he was a baby. Well, yeah, and he probably adjusted to that kind of his body, not him. Adjusted oh. to that kind of a thing. Oh, bean. But you're right. This girl here, pretty girl, she has become an explorer cat. And I like it a lot better than when she used to hide under the damn couch. By the way, I was surprised that she never shredded underneath there. At all. At all. Neither did Olive. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And that she didn't regress to hiding under the couch after we took away her table. So let me ask you a question. If you were on a jury and there was a very clear and concise confession by some of someone, do you think it's really possible after that to find them innocent? I was thinking about this more because you asked me this question earlier too. And I do. Because I think that somebody could confess concisely if they were trying to protect someone else. But what would you need to find them innocent? I think all the evidence would have to not line up, like in that show we were watching. What if there was no evidence at all, like in that show that we were watching? Then I don't think they should be put away simply because they confessed to something. Find some evidence that proves they did it. So what if someone committed the perfect crime and they all agreed to confess and then they confessed, but because there was no evidence, you should let them off? They admitted to doing it. Who are we to disbelieve them? There's always some kind of evidence. But who are we to they disbelieve them? They something that nobody else would have known. There's always something. Well, once it got examined a little more carefully, yeah, people have found things as armchair quarterbacks that the investigators could have done a better job in that Central Park 5 case. Of course. There's a lot that they could have done better. But so if there's a confession but no evidence that matches the confession or no evidence at all, then you're either missing something or you have the wrong person and maybe you should look at the people they might want to protect. I think that, yes, if the evidence contradicts in any way... Or doesn't exist. ...the confession or you don't find any evidence to corroborate the confession, yeah, I think you could safely throw it out. But I'm still going to tell you that unless a jury's told that, they're going to probably find him guilty because he said they're all going to go in the back and go, well, this is easy. He admitted to it. Well, yeah. But don't people who admit to a crime usually not even make it in front of a jury? Don't they usually get like a plea bargain or whatever, like less time? Usually, yeah. But like, okay, like this whole situation we've been going through. That person, really, when you think about it, started out with a really minor crime, so to speak. Right. That it was alleged that they committed. Now, that's probably worthy of a slap on the wrist kind of a thing, you know? But is it really, does it disqualify you from being... A city council member. I think it shows you don't have what it takes to be a city council member, but I don't think it should I think it by you. itself isn't enough. It by itself is not enough. Okay. I think you need more. But at the same time, when the original situation keeps getting bigger and bigger, because uh-huh. more and more allegations are being made of more and more criminal type behavior, uh-huh. at that point, if you've admitted to those things and everything else kind of fits and meshes together i don't care about innocent or proven guilty at that point because you know what i'll admit you're innocent until proven guilty but that's really just a saying because if you're really innocent until proven guilty why did they restrain you and put you in handcuffs that's not innocent until proven guilty that's guilty 
until I can prove myself innocent. So all these people that yell innocent until proven guilty are hypocrites because they don't really give a crap about that. It's like I said to you, it's like curfew laws. People say that crap when it's convenient for them to say that crap. They don't really believe it because if they really believed it, they'd be like we've been and screaming about people who are being railroaded because we assume they're guilty and they have to prove they're innocent. And I don't care what people say. That's how the system works. How would you handle it differently? How would I handle what differently? The system, since it's broken and treating people incorrectly. Do you think they should just be honest honest with everybody and say you're guilty until proven innocent and continue handling it the same way? Or do you well, think there's a better way? I'll put it to you this way. If they're going to keep handling it the same way, then yeah, they should be honest and say that you're guilty until proven innocent. But if they're going to want to insist that you're innocent until proven guilty, then they need to make you innocent until proven guilty. And they need to uh, like just issue a citation. Okay, so what if... Have you appear in court? What if there's a murder and all evidence points to person B? Mm-hmm. How do they make sure person B comes to their court date? How do they make sure person B comes to the court date? Uh-huh. Person B doesn't come to their court date. The next time person B encounters a police officer... They will be incarcerated. But what if they're a murderer? A lot of murderers. Like, they're going to keep murdering people. Maybe there needs to be a degree of what you're accused of. Interesting. I mean, that's what an arraignment is supposed to be about, okay? But this is what I'm getting at. Here's the problem. So an arraignment, when you go to an arraignment, you get arrested. And if you're lucky, you might get an arraignment that same day or the next day, okay? If you're lucky, sometimes two days depends. If you get arrested on a Friday night, you're you're screwed because you're there Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. Don't to get Monday. arrested on weekends. You don't get arrested on weekends. But the arraignment judge has to hear from the prosecutor what the evidence is that has brought you there, uh-huh. and that's where the other side gets to say, "Hey, they didn't have a right to search that guy's car. They had no real probable cause to search the car," and then they would argue about that. And depending on how it went, that would be, you know, either you'd get released and it would be over with because they clobbered them or whatever, you get bail set. But therein lies the problem. They set bail and two people in for the same crime, one's rich and one's not. The rich one has an advantage because the bail is a certain amount and then you only have to pay 10% of that. So if they give you a million dollars bail, you have to come up with $100,000. Right. So that's why people mortgage their house for a second mortgage. They sell their house. There's a lot of things people do to come up with the money. So do you think there should be an easier way for people to... Yes, because it's not fair to the poor people because the poor people then are stuck in jail. So now they're definitely guilty until proven innocent because they're locked up. They don't even have their freedom. In your murder, I know where you were going with the murderer thing. He should be kept locked up. Well, if he's kept locked up, He's definitely guilty until proven innocent because you've kept him from walking around. You've, you've decided, so you remember something. At this point, he hasn't gone before a judge or a jury, so he hasn't been convicted of anything, but you've decided he's a murderer. He belongs in jail. So currently, if you have murdery dude and he's accused of murdering like eight people and they have this giant filing cabinet full of evidence that says he murdered these people... Can he be denied bail? Can they just hold him sure. in jail if they think that sure. he's or if like, like somebody a safety risk? Or, or if like somebody has a warrant out for their arrest and you go to their house and they're not there and then grandma says, Oh well, he said he's staying over at Jim Bob's house. And then they go to Jim Bob's house and Jim Bob's like, Well, yeah, he was here for one night, but then now he's staying in a so and so's house. And it becomes obvious that he's trying to hide from the police and elude you, they'll say he's a flight risk and they won't allow him to have bail okay. at all. Okay, I have another question. Murdery dude, filing cabinet full of evidence, 
proven innocent because Murdery Dude's twin brother actually did the deeds. What does Murdery Dude get after he spent all this time in jail? Does he just get an apology? Does he just get let out? He just gets let let out on the street. He doesn't get any kind of compensation for how long they kept him when he was an innocent dude? No. That's the problem with the system. Interesting. What if he got fired from his job because they kept him in jail? Unreasonably so. For like a year. And that's that's generally what happens. And that's generally what happens. They get fired from their job. Maybe you shouldn't be allowed to fire people because they're temporarily incarcerated. Maybe it should be like maternity leave. (laughs) Well, but but I mean, I could argue that point too. Why shouldn't a business be able to do whatever business wants to do with its money (laughs) and its employees? They have rights too. Next thing you'll be saying, oh, and after now that we've forced you to keep the person on your payroll until they're done with their jail thing, since it's only temporary, well, you also have to pay them during that time. No. That's not what I would say. That's what they would do here in California. Ugh. Lunatics. I'm telling you, lunatics. Back to what we were talking about, about admitting it. That's my issue. Yes, you're innocent until you're proven guilty. I get all of that. And there has to be a final verdict uh-huh. or at least a plea bargain uh-huh. for that to happen. Uh-huh. Okay. I am not one who believes that if you plea bargain... You can then say, well, I wasn't guilty. I just ple- I had a plea bargain. Uh-huh. You wound you up in jail, right? Yeah, okay then. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make you any no. less guilty. Doesn't make you any less guilty. You were in jail, right? period. You I did mean, the thing. You did. You it. admitted to doing the thing by accepting the plea bargain. Right, exactly. And I think that by admitting it, it just doesn't matter. At that point, for you and me, standard people out in the street, yeah, you don't have anything else to say. But I guarantee you, Here's the thing. This is how it plays out. The whole innocent until proven guilty crowd. If you and I were like regular attendees of a church and one of us was was being was on trial for something we didn't do, what do you think the odds are? And, and it had to do with allegations of child molestation, but you didn't do it. And you've been proving that you haven't done, didn't do it. You weren't even there. You got the wrong person, period. Okay. DNA evidence proves it. Now you've been cleared, right? Uh-huh. What do you think the odds are that that church is going to let you be a Sunday school teacher for young kids? Zero. Yeah, because but you were found not guilty. But see, society finds you guilty. They convict you ahead of time. Of course. So that's what I'm talking about. You're a hypocrite to say, oh, innocent until proven guilty, because you only use it when it suits your position. There you go. End of story. The lights are on and nobody's home. Pretty much. Nobody's home, but the lights are on. Let's turn the lights do you off see and go how, to bed. Do you see how those two can mean, they both mean the same thing, but they sound completely different? When you say the lights are on, but nobody's home, it makes the person sound really stupid. But if you say nobody's home and the lights are on, it just sounds like somebody forgot to turn the lights off. Well, yeah, somebody's really stupid and they forgot to turn the lights off. That doesn't make them stupid. Anyway. Man, you sound like one of the teenagers. Anyway. Everything is, you're stupid. Holy moly. Knock that stuff off. Let's anyway. turn the lights off and go to bed. Why would we want to do that? Good night, everyone. Hasta luego. Bye-bye. Pretty girl. Thank you for listening to The Nightly Rant. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. If you didn't enjoy the show, please just ignore that previous request for a rating. This has been a Yogi's Podcast Network production.